Stormy O'Mardian is a best-selling author of The Power of Praying Books. Over 38 million copies sold worldwide. She has led many weary hearts to a prayer relationship with God. Won't you join us and listen to her story of how Stormy overcame trauma in her early life? So, so you started out as a singer on television, which, which yeah. I didn't know that. Oh, you didn't? Yeah. yeah no. I, oh my gosh. I know. I was thinking about that the other day, how amazing it was, because I had such a horrible beginning in my life. And, um, I, it, and how I ended up there, I'm thinking, wow, I was such a frightened person and always filled with anxiety and having anxiety attacks and depression and all this. But I, I just felt I had to survive. And that's the only way I knew to survive or to go to these auditions for these TV shows, which was almost a cattle call. I mean, which means it's it's not to insult cattle, but to um, it's it's a lot of people is what it is. And, and, and from all walks of life and everything. And to get up and, you know, and sing and talk and, you know, and do some acting in front of everybody, all these thousands of people and the judges and stuff. It, it was nerve-wracking, but I just felt I didn't have a choice. I had to survive because I had already tried to kill myself when I was 14 because of the depressions and everything, and I didn't succeed at that. Um, I mean, I didn't take the right things but um, in order to make that happen, but I didn't want to live anymore. But once I lived through that, I thought I am going to try as hard as I can to get out of my situation, become self-sufficient where I could work and support myself. And um, that's what I did. And, and, and I went to three years of college and I left the, my senior year of college at UCLA uh, to go start traveling on the road with um, well-known groups. You know, uh, I don't know if anybody is is old enough to remember these, but, um, you know, there were a lot, a lot of different groups that were really uh, well known at the time. And so I auditioned for those first and, and got, kept getting those and, and touring the nation and, and touring the world. And um, it's, I saw a lot of the world, which was great. But then I came back home and I wanted, I needed some more security than that. So I started auditioning at home. In, in LA. And um, so surprisingly enough, I, I, got, I got these jobs uh, with these different TV shows. And it was really great. I, did, I loved it. It was back then, you, you did everything live. If you're doing a TV show, you don't pre-record anything. You were doing it live. And I'm telling you the pressure that I could still sing you every song that we did on that first show because you had to learn, you had to be able to do it in your sleep, you know? Yeah, and yeah. Um, boy, we did, we worked hard and we memorized and we knew the dance steps and we knew the words and we knew it was, it was amazing. And, uh, and it was such good training because it really forced you to work hard and you, you couldn't just, you know, skate on skate by you know and get away with it so it was really good training and then when they started taping things that was great because mm -hmm. it was less pressure you know so anyway so I, it was i was amazed myself that i got these things i was thinking back then how did you get those things yeah mm -hmm. god had to have been with you back then even though you didn't know him you know yeah and so um it was amazing that yeah. um that i did all that i mean it amazes me really yeah. I know it's a miracle, really. <laughs> so, Stormy, you know, so you you wanted to commit suicide at 14, but really what stemmed from that as a child? Well, 
I was um, raised by a mentally ill mother, and um, my dad didn't know she was mentally ill until they were married. And, um, and, she, and apparently her relatives said that she changed after she had scarlet fever, that she, something happened during, when she had scarlet fever, she was 19. And, um, but they, you know, I, there's no other mental illness in my family. And we don't know what happened with her. But they, she had a lot of trauma, you know, her mother died when she was 11, and um, there was things like that where there was great loss in her life of mm -hmm. people that mattered, you know, to her. And I think, um, well, anyway, she didn't have any help because it was, you know, during the war, you know, and, and every everything that was during the Depression, all that. And so the families that she lived with once her mother died, um, they were relatives, but they you know, they couldn't take care of an extra child. It was really a burden for them because nobody had any money. Nobody had much of anything. They couldn't give her help. They couldn't get a psychiatrist or a psychologist. You know, that wasn't that common back then anyway. And so she just was kind of left to her own and became really crazier and crazier. I'm not kidding. As the years went on and she was so um, brutal to me. We lived on a uh, a ranch about nine, uh, 90 miles from Cheyenne mm -hmm. and uh, about 20 miles from the nearest grocery store or anything. And so it was very isolated. And so uh, living out there, my dad was gone a lot because he was, you know, it was a cattle ranch and it was also, oh, and the cattle, we had a blizzard in 1949 and the cattle were killed. It was really, really a bad um, blizzard. They were all frozen to death. And so he made crops he put planted crops for the spring and the hails came and killed all of those. And so it really wiped this out. So he was gone a lot trying to make things, you know, work for us, but she was left alone with me. And uh, I think, I think she locked me in the closet just to get rid of me, you know, because I don't remember doing anything where she said, Oh no, you did that. No, it was just like, she would slap me across the face with right when I, I wasn't expecting anything. And it was like, it was stunning. And then she would lock me in a closet and then she would leave me there. I think she'd just forget. And then she talked to these voices that she heard in her head, which she did up until the day she died. And she died in, in her sixties. And, um, and, you know, of course I was out of the house and married and had uh, two children by then, but she, uh, she just got worse and worse. It was really, really terrible. Really, she was so violent. And she was just verbally abusive and physically as well. But the closet, being locked in that closet was terrifying because we had, we had no plumbing and no electricity. And it was, you know, it was an old place and, and uh, rats got in the house and, and so did snakes. And, and so I'm in the closet. I was just terrified that a rat or a snake is going to come in there, you know. So I was, it was scary. Mm, that's, that is, that's, just, that's really sad. Yeah, it is. It's horrible. It was horrible. I don't even know how I lived through it, honestly. It was, it was God again that I lived through it. You know, it really was. And, and so it brought you to a point where now you're doing your singing and everything, and, mm -hmm. and you, and you got, but you got into the drugs and alcohol to yes. try to, to medicate that, right? Yes, to, to then, cover up the pain. Yeah. And you were, you were doing the Eastern religions, Yes. Which I understand that because I've been down that road as well. Oh, have you? Yeah, you understand. The New Age movement, yeah. Yeah, New Age movement, exactly. And you're trying to find a way to connect with God, and, you know, a spirituality that's real, you know. Yeah. And it's real, but it's not the right source, you know. So yeah. I went into all those things, you know, all those um, 
you know, uh, Eastern religions and, and uh, New Age, you know, uh, things, all kinds of hypnosis, you know, yeah. astral projection, all, all that stuff, you know, yeah. I didn't mention it, but, um, but I was able to get free of that. But I, everything was a dead end. Yeah. Nothing, nothing, something was real and it was not peaceful. It was yeah. not comforting at all. And um, so it was a real spirituality, but it's the wrong source. And so uh, I saw that that was not working. And I just, I was at the end of my rope uh, once again when I was 28, where I was working a lot in television. It was, uh, I was really busy, always working, 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 working. I, I had to keep working. I worked seven days a week on two different shows. And, and um, it's not healthy to do that. You never have a day of rest because I was so afraid that I was going to have to go back home if I couldn't make it to be able to support myself. And, and so I just worked all the time and just was working myself to death. And, and finally, I just, I felt I just can't, I can't go on. I cannot live like this with this pain and I don't know how to get rid of it. You know, so I did, I would started planning my suicide again. And I was collecting medicine. This time I was going to do it right. And I didn't want to wake up again. And so I was collecting pills. It wasn't, you know, you couldn't just get pills on every corner like you can now, you know, it was really hard to come by. So I'd have to get a couple from a friend here, a couple from a friend there. I mean, it was like that. I was just collecting them until I thought I could do this, you know, and I was going to, because I didn't want to wake up again. I, I, I tried everything, nothing was working, and I felt there was no hope for me or no future, you know. So that's when I received the Lord, a friend yes. took me to, to, to her uh, pastor, and um, he talked to me about how God had a plan for my life, which I'd never heard. And that um, if I were to receive Jesus as my Savior, he would change me from the inside out. And he would make me to be all that he created, created me to be. And I thought, that, that is a great thing, you know. Um, and I thought, wow, I never heard that before. And I thought, interesting, you know. <laughs> and he, took, he gave me three books to read, to go home and read. He says, um, Oh gosh, one was the about the power of the Holy Spirit. One was about oh the reality of evil, and the other one was the book of Saint John, a uh, book of John, um, in just in a little book form. And so when I read those three books, I was like, really, wow! I I couldn't believe it that there was, and I saw how those things I had gotten involved in were evil, mm -hmm. the, the evil source, mm -hmm. you know, not the, not from God. And um, how I had no idea about the power of the Holy Spirit who would lead me and help me and comfort me and, and guide me in the way I should go. If mm -hmm. I received Jesus, that's what would happen, you know? Yeah. And, um, wow. So I received Jesus in his office that day and things began to happen. I started going to church and every time I walked into that church, you could, you could sense the presence of God and the peace of God. Mm -hmm. And it, kind of melted away layer by layer all the pain and the hurt and the bondage and the just every time I was there and everybody felt the same way I, I wasn't the only one it was really a move of God there mm -hmm. at that church and and so um, I began to change and I went to um, I still had depression it was so amazing to me I got rid of so much but I still had that depression that was paralyzing and so my husband said, why don't you go to the church and talk to the pastor's wives who were there as counselors, you know? And so I did. I found a counselor. Her name was Marianne. 
And she was amazing. She had, I told her things I hadn't told anybody about my husband, you know, about my mother, about every, all the things that I did. And, and she said, you know, God has more for you. you. I need you to fast for three days and come back to, the, to, to my office and I, I'm going to pray for you to set you free from this depression. Oh. And she said, yeah, I want you to write down all your sins. And I was like, what? I don't have enough time, you know. And she, oh. said, <laughs> <laughs> and she said, just write them down on a piece of paper. Just write them down. And I thought, oh, my gosh, she's going to know everything. So I wrote everything down that I could think of. Because when you receive the Lord, you know, he forgives you of all your sins. But if you still have bondage, there, there might be things that you haven't confessed or things that um, are still hanging on to you, you know. So she said, write them down. So when I came back to the office after fasting three days, and I thought that was a miracle because I thought I would die in the night if I, you know, didn't have dinner. <laughs> and so, but I did it. I did it. I thought, you know, what have I got to lose? I'm, you know, on the verge of, you know. Yeah. You know, I was at a point of suicide, and I'm now starting to find healing. And so... Uh, so she, um, I confessed my unforgiveness toward my mother. That was a big thing. She says, you have to confess that. And, um, and I said, God, I, I confess my unforgiveness toward her. Help me to forgive her completely because I need help with that. You know, so there, cause there were so many instances that, you know, re required forgiveness. And, and she, uh, she said, she, I had, all I had to do is lift up my, you know, big pile of sins and on those papers. I just lifted them up to the Lord and said, I confess these. Lord, she didn't want to read them. I was so glad. And um, so I confessed all that. And um, I confessed all my occult involvement too. And she said, you know, you not only have to confess that, but you have to renounce that before the Lord. You have to say, mm -hmm. I renounce that. You know, I no longer look to those things you know, for my wholeness and my, and my future. And so I really renounced everything that I had dabbled in, you know, mm -hmm. trying to find God, you know. Mm -hmm. And so once, once I did that, she and another pastor's wife laid hands on me and just prayed for me to be set free of, of the, the, the fear and the um, depression, anxiety, all of that. And I felt that depression lift. It was a really a physical manifestation. I felt it lift off my shoulders it was amazing. I felt it. And afterwards, I thought, wow, every time I get depressed, I'm coming back here because mm -hmm. this is where it's at if you want to get free of depression. But the thing was, when I went home, you know, back home after that whole time of deliverance in that office, my husband said, wow, you look different. Your eyes look different. They don't look troubled and, you know, and uh, or afraid or, you know, he says, you have a different peaceful look. And the most surprising thing to me was the next morning, I expected to be depressed again, but I wasn't. I wasn't depressed. And I wasn't depressed the next day or the next or the next. And I never had that kind of paralyzing depression. You know, that's, that's the thing. It's, it, when it's really bad, mm -hmm. it grips you and you are almost paralyzed by it. Mm -hmm. You can't do anything. You can't function. And so once that, um, once that happened, I saw that this was permanent. You know, not that you never get depressed again. There's so many depressing things that happen in life, but it doesn't control you anymore. That's mm -hmm. the thing. It didn't control me anymore. I could always go to the Lord and say, God, this troubles me. And this is, this is sad. Or this is, and he would just heal me, you know, eat, you know, step by step. And it was, it was amazing. That was life changing to me. So, so how did you leap from being a, a singer on television to writing 
over 38 million copies, selling 38 million copies of your book worldwide. How, how do you, what, how, how did that well, leap occur? It didn't happen that week for sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was a process because once I received the Lord, I was 28. It was a process of um, you know, just being in church and reading the word and, and praying to God and, and praising God. I mean, the church taught us all that. The pastors there and the church taught us all that. Where your, your relationship with God was ongoing. He wasn't just a distant. He was with us. He was with me. You know, I could sense his presence. And, and so when I met my husband at church um, a few years later, um, I started dating him and... Um, I think that's when things be, began to happen in that respect, because once we got married and had uh, started having children, um, they, people think that you're more responsible <laughs> than you have ever been, you know? And um, so they, uh, the people at the church, it was growing so fast. It was, you know, when we were there, first starting was 300 people, and then it went to, you know, 1,000, and then 2,000, and 5,000, and then 10,000. It was like, whoa, <laughs> you know. And so they had us, had us, which I'm amazed at, become home group leaders. So they were trying to alleviate, you know, so once a month we had a home group, which took, um, you know, about a third of the people out of the church. I mean, there were many home group leaders, not just us. And so, but they trained us. And that was really life-changing to lead a home group. And, um, you know, we had to, Michael had to, um, he did the worship and he led the worship and then he let, he uh, gave the sermon for that day because they would give us what we were teaching on. Then I did the prayer requests. You know, I, I asked, you know, uh, I led people in prayer and then I asked if there were any requests and um, expecting maybe one, you know, or two. Everybody had requests. You know, we started with 17 people, and then it, it grew to, wow, I can't even remember what it was. It was like close to 50, I think, it was, which was a lot for our little house, really. And so, um, but we, it became so crowded. We were praying on Sunday morning, and our prayer time went to one. You know, if, if everybody's hungry. The kids are hungry. I mean, it's like, wow. Okay, and I realized we had to start having prayer meetings once a month where we just have everybody come who wanted to come for prayer and they were packed i mean um michael took the men in the living room i took the women in my bedroom because we had chairs in there a lot of them sat on the bed and everything again we were going to one in the morning you know we'd have it on uh one night a week and i'd have food and everybody brought some food and we all eat and the kids you're there, and then the teenagers watch the kids, you know, and there's always someone watching the kids uh, each time. And um, so so we're going to what in the morning, and I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, we, we have to divide this up because the group kept growing, and there was more requests. And um, so I started dividing it up where uh, once a month we would pray for the children. We just get together, parents would get together and pray for their children. Another uh, people would get together and pray for their marriages, um, people would pray uh, who, who were in ministry, got together and prayed for their ministry. Um, women would get together, you know, just a women's group where we just prayed for whatever we whatever we need to pray for. You know, it was like that. Mm -hmm. and I thought, oh goodness! I mean, this is amazing. I mean, it's just people were hungry for prayer. Yes, I mean, they, they you know, I mean, even people who hadn't walked with the Lord. They wanted some contact with the Lord and be able to, you know, give their requests 
to the Lord and and be able to um, you know have people pray for you. It's so powerful, and so I I was amazed. And so anyway, that's where all these books on prayer came from from all these prayer groups. I mean, I we saw miracles happen where you know just I mean. God, no one was forgotten in these prayer groups. I mean, God heard and he answered in his way and in his time. And we, but we learned how to pray through until we, we either got peace about stopping praying for that or, or we felt prompted to continue praying for that. You know, so that's where all these books came from. It, it's um, unbelievable. Like many years ago, I got this book. I, oh, I yes. love it. And, yes. and I, I've always wanted to meet you. And this is oh, probably the, the best gift I could ever get. Oh, was that's, be able to... so that's so funny. I'm just working on that now on, on tomorrow. Is it tomorrow? I can't remember. It might be a couple of days from now. But anyway, I'm going to do podcasts on that book. And yeah. so I've never done that before. And I've been promising people I would. I mean, no, videos, you know, the video like, like you're doing. So yes. it be on YouTube. And so I am just starting to do that. And that's the first book I chose to do. To do that with and that book is the power of a praying woman whoever might be listening to this yes. podcast so yes. yeah i mean stormy you have just i mean millions of people have been blessed by this book and, oh, and i'm one of them and i thank oh, you for I'm that so oh you're welcome thank you like i said <laughs> in the book i wrote it for myself as well as for everybody every other woman because i need it too i need to be reminded of how to walk with the Lord so that I have a solid foundation. And yes. that's, what, that's what that's about. Yes. Now, now, listen, can you leave us with one story? Maybe you know of, you know they, that they read your book and uh, changed their life or got one? Yes, I've got the best. I've got the best one. It's just like blows me away. I'm not kidding. Um, I, was, I was ministering at a, a big church in uh, Florida and um, – this couple, I mean, I was, I was after I'd spoken and everything, and then I've got the lines for signing the books. And the lines are usually really long. They take a couple hours, you know, I mean, sometimes three, you know, depending on how many people are there. And so um, these people, these, this couple is husband and wife. They look like they were in their late 30s, maybe. And, but they had two little children with them. And um, they, they said they wanted to talk to me. And I said, oh, okay, I need to get these uh, books signed so people can go home. And I said, it might take a couple hours. And they said, oh, we'll, we'll wait, we'll wait. Uh, wow. And I, and, you know, I mean, because I knew this is, it will take a while. We need to tell you a story about, you know, what your book did for us. And, and um, so I thought, wow, that's amazing. I can't wait to hear this story. So after I finished, the last person, I talked to both of them. And they said they had been on drugs and, um, you know, they gotten into drugs, both of them. And they ha had the two little children and um, they were really young. And so what happened was they both, and I don't remember how exactly it happened, but they both ended up in jail, two separate jails. And, um, and so the, you know, the children, of course, went with foster care. I think I can't remember if, if it was a grandma or if it was a foster care, but they were being taken care of, and while they were serving their term terms out, and so um, the the week before the woman was going to be released from jail, and hopefully get her children back, someone gave her the power of praying wife, 
and I was in the jail. I, I donate a lot of books to jails, prisons and stuff. And so, um, but someone recommended it for her and she read it and she said, oh, it just opened her eyes about how to learn to pray for her husband and herself and to, how to pray for that marriage and not let the, the enemy steal this family, you know, from the kids and from each other. And so she started praying for her husband and um, so she got out earlier than he did a few few months earlier, and while he was in jail, it was the next more next day he was going to be released from prison. Someone gave him the power of a praying husband. He stayed up all night reading it, and it said it, he said it opened his eyes so much. He he said from that point on. Of course, neither one of them were on drugs, but from that point on, they started praying for one another, and they showed me their books, and they were just tattered, and I mean, you could just see how often they'd read them and underlined and, you know, marked, and, you know, they had used them over and over, and um, she said, our, our marriage is totally healed. We haven't even been tempted by drugs. We're in a good church. Our children are in the church. They were a little older than, by that time. They were, they were probably maybe eight and six or something like that. They were still young, you know, but, um, oh, it was such a touching thing that God worked that out with friends, giving them those books just before they got up prison and they read them and it changed their lives. And from then on, they started praying for one another and praying for their children. And, and, and anyway, their marriage was restored. She says, we're in a good church. We're in, you know, we're in a good place. And I thought, wow, God, when you, when you do a miracle, it's, it's a doozy. <laughs> it's amazing. I mean, it's complete. I mean, it's just amazing. Isn't it's amazing. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing how he comes into life. And, you know, as you're talking, I'm also thinking to myself, like, wow, you know, Satan was trying to get you at a very young age. Yes. Through yes. your mother. Yeah. And, um, you know, unbeknownst to your mother, because she was so full of, you know, things yes. in her mind, right? Yes. But he so, was trying to push you back back then. He knew yeah. before he knew that you were going to be selling, that you were going to be writing these books and yes. leading people to prayer and leading yes. people to Christ. And he mm -hmm. knew he was going to use you. So he tried every single tactic he could yes. possibly think. He did. He to did. try to push you back and yes. you christ always prevails yes christ he prevails he went to the cross he shed his blood and yes. he did that for you so that you could share him with yes. others yes exactly isn't that a miracle and i i i ask god you know how did I, how did I get so blessed? I mean, with somebody praying for me, he revealed to me that it was my grandmother on my father's side. She was really a strong Christian. I only met her twice in my life, but she was a praying grandma. And so all grandmas, you know, you've got a ministry. He may think, you know, your life is over. Forget that. If you've got breath, you've got a, you've got a prayer ministry. And Absolutely. No, that's uh, I believe that. I don't know anyone else that was praying for me then, but I believe she was. So, and I, you know, she didn't know either. She had no idea. She didn't know about my mother. She only met her a couple of times too. So yeah, it, yeah God honors your prayers. And, and, and uh, you, you think, may think your life is over and it's just beginning. Yeah. You know, that's what it was. My, I, both times I tried the suicide, I thought my life was over. There's no way I've tried everything. Nothing's working. 
I can't get any more depressed and then more pain. I just, I feel like I, just, I can never amount to anything, you know, and, and um, it's not true. It's just beginning. Yeah. You know? And that's so encouraging. You it know, really for, is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Stormy, thank you so much for joining me today. And, and yeah. I know I know everybody on who's watching this and listening to it is going to be so blessed. Oh, I'm so glad. By your story and by the books that you've been putting out into the world and what a legacy you have left oh, for everyone. Praise to, God. You know, for the, for the wonderful books that you have written oh, and, you. and that you're still continuing to produce. Yes, I still am. I can't believe it. I mean, I, I can't believe that he's still giving me the, the ability to do it, you know. Yeah. And I'm so grateful. Because to now, now you're blogging, right? So that's your continuation yes. of your. Yes, I'm you going to do um, a podcast, and I'm filming them now. It'll start in September, and um, I'll, I'll do about sixty of them. Because I've been promising people I would do that, and I just never had time. Because I was always on the road, always writing. This isn't like never any other time, and I, you know, I couldn't neglect my family time, so there was no time, you know, to do it. But now there is. Good. <laughs> And I can zoom. <laughs> yes, yes. And we and we are going to be looking forward to that. Oh, great! And um, I pray that maybe you'll come back on one more time and talk about sure. prayer. Sure, and, anytime, uh, Nancy. Anytime. I'm always glad to do that. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining for joining oh, us. Oh, my my honor and pleasure. Thank you so much. Go see all Stormy's books on stormyomardian.com. You can watch The Call with Nancy Sebado on YouTube, listen on podcasts through Apple, Spotify, Audible, iHeartRadio, and so many more. Be sure to join us next time, and until then, may the Lord richly bless you.